Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Teddy Ballgame. Teddy Ballgame? That's Teddy's name. Well, that was Ted Williams' nickname. Oh, right. And he's named after Ted Williams, the greatest hitter of all time. Last Your name, name is Quinn Emmett. Well, and I'm Brian Colbert Kennedy, and uh, Teddy Ballgame is also here. He's on the floor. Yeah. He is like, quick question, when am I going for a walk? So cute. Uh, this is episode 35, I believe. 35. Yeah. Uh, here's a question, Brian. Can scientists save Congress? Can they do it? I feel like maybe they can. Maybe. Maybe not even just scientists. Maybe other people who use rational uh, and decision-making and empirical data to make their decisions. Yeah. And About the- everything people representatives who are more representative of the makeup of this country because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in and case you're educated noticed, workforce right not just a bunch of old white people right uh, and not just lawyers and fake uh fake doctors right our guest today pretty awesome shaughnessy naughton she is the president founder of 314 314 action yeah. uh either of those <laughs> um their mission they're founded by members of the stem community Grassroots supporters and political activists who believe in what's that word? That's not like I hate that sentence. Believe science. in science. Believe in science. It's not right. something that you can believe in nope. or not believe in. It's just facts. Yep. Just, what's the uh there's that great article that Dr. Marvel wrote on her new blog. Oh yeah. That just said why don't argue uh why I don't argue facts or yeah. science. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um because it's it's not arguable. It's science. God, it's so we can argue about other things, not that. All kinds of stuff. Let's start with that. Uh, anyways, 314, they are committed to electing more STEM candidates to office of every level, advocating for evidence-based policy solutions to issues like climate change, and fighting the Trump administration's attacks on science. Repeated, relentless attacks. Yep. So we had two dogs on the podcast today, which always makes for a good one. Yeah. Two dogs and no cats. Everybody wins. No, yep. that's not very nice to say. Yep. So we had Teddy and- I love uh, you, Stevie. She's Clementine. Clementine? Clementine, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Why not throw an E on the end? Sure. I did it. Um, she had one little growl, got fired up at one point. Teddy, not much. Quiet. By the way, again, a... I, to follow up, you know the earthquake we had last night? Little like 4.4? No. Sound I... asleep on the couch. <laughs> I, I felt nothing. So you're basically Teddy. I'm just Teddy. dead inside. Just call they're me Teddy like, Ball game. They're like, dogs can hear him from miles away. Either he can't <laughs> or he's just, he's over it. He's like, call me when it's over seven. <laughs> yeah, it was too small for him. Right, yeah, just not interested. Not, in, not he's not like get the children, get under a desk. Right, right. No, he's just like yeah, I'm out. Well, see, everything was fine. Put Stranger Things back on. You know, Brian, the intent of this podcast, mm-hmm. we our, our our newsletter is uh, the weekly recap of the most important news you missed. Right, right. Uh, the newsletter uh, for people who give a shit about the future. Right, the right. things you should be seeing under all the day to day shit. So it's more timely. The goal with this was to be more evergreen. Cap, uh, you right. know, podcast uh, episodes you could listen to at any point, start in any order. They're not serialized. It's not serial. It's uh, it's not the news. Plenty of people do a great job with that. Things you could tune into because these are ex- existentialist topics that that are going to come up over and over again. Um, but we are barreling towards November six. We're getting real close. So these are a little more timely. Um, we're going to keep going with our series of chats with candidates across the country who are endorsed by three fourteen. Yep. Um, pretty awesome. Trying to get people aware of them on every level, support them, knock on doors, phone bank, donate uh, to get these people into office and see what happens. So, you know, I think they will be evergreen and maybe a time capsule way. Either something, look at, hey, these were the people before they were in office and had a big impact. Yeah. Or in an actual time capsule way of these are the last people, last time we heard from any of these people before. 
Portal ended. Oh my god. Anyways, before the um, coming great. You know, what? on that note, so if we want to stay timely for a second, five thirty-eight. I uh, got emailed their election update. Um, Democrats still have a five and seven chance of taking control of the chamber. Average gain is thirty-three seats. Uh, we'll take it. Boom. Um, needs to be better. Obviously, yep. not all polling is correct everywhere. Everybody, including five thirty-eight, blew in two thousand sixteen. We just had that incredible uh, Democratic. Uh, nominee for governor in Florida. Yeah, yeah, Gillum. Gillum. Uh, guys, fucking awesome. Ran on a straight-up progressive platform. Uh, was polling in fourth the day before yeah, the election. the day before. Fourth. So that is just our disclaimer that not everything is uh, gonna, gonna also, come out. I love that, too, because he... They spent almost no money. Right. It's crazy. So it's a, it's a, what an amazing and, like, uh, I don't know, just makes you go, like, okay, well, Great, maybe I, I don't God. have to have a billion dollars and I can still... Right, I hope so, I hope so. Um, as much as I hate money in politics, it's like hopefully he does get some support now because now these yeah, idiots yeah. are going to throw a bunch of money into him. Um, and his candidate immediately went straight racist. Yeah. Immediately. Everyone's like, how long is it? Nope, right away. Before he could even get the question out. Yep, Jesus. called him articulate. What was something about monkey and some people are like, but that, that's not necessarily... Uh... Yes, it is. Sure is. Um, so anyways, um, five and seven chance. People, donate, knock on doors, phone bank. It's 2018. You can do it from your computer for anybody in so the country. Easy. And and vote. Vote, 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 vote. That's my update there. Uh, hey, Brian. Yeah. Um, we talked to a lot of folks who I'm pretty proud of. We don't, dis- we don't agree on everything, right? Except right. for the most important things. The means justify the end. Yeah. Um, we had a chat with an awesome dude, Jose Aguto. Yeah. And uh, about what his group does to support climate action, clean energy action. Jose is awesome. We titled the podcast uh, something along the lines of the Pope has decided to fix climate change with his own bare hands. Yes. His actions there have been pretty awesome. Pope in the news a little bit this week for not so great stuff. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Possibly. Um, it's only been accused so far, right? Yep. Catholic Church has been a, um, what is the right word for it? Well, watch Spotlight. It's not uh, great. And it's been getting worse again uh, yeah. in Pennsylvania and other places. Um, and one of the archbishops claimed the, the Pope is new about, uh, has known about this stuff yeah. for uh, a long time. And in true Joe Paterno style, uh, covered it up while maintaining his grandfatherly image. Mm. Uh, so I just wanted to say clearly, if that is true in any way, we obviously don't condone it right? Uh, in any fashion. We got a lot of, the episode hit just as all this news hit this week. Yeah, so online people were like, hey, cool, he solved climate change. But a lot of, uh, quite a lot of uh, little boys got diddled and that's not okay. And yeah. that is 100% fucking true. So appreciate his climate change efforts. Um, hopefully mm. these accusations are not true. If they are, fuck them. Uh, let it burn. Yeah, I really hope let they're the not. Let the motherfucker burn. People are fired up about this guy, but now in a lot of different ways. So yeah. anyways, just wanted to put that out there because we got some flack for the timing of it, which we couldn't clearly couldn't fucking control. Yeah, yeah. They hit at the same moment, but it is what it is. Yeah, I hope that's, hope, uh, hope that's not, not true because it would be great to... Um... It'd be great that if he could go down in our, you know, memories as a, a really great pope for. for be great if change. one person from this specific couple uh, of years didn't go down in fucking flames. Yeah. But again, if it is true, 
then let the motherfucker burn. Um, yep. So anyways, that's where we are, man. Uh, great chat today. Uh, we're going to keep these going. Uh, this series with uh, 314 and Shaughnessy is the woman who got it all started. started. It all. It's uh, pretty fucking rad. So let's uh, go chat. Our guest today is Shaughnessy Naughton. And together we're going to ask, can scientists actually save Congress? Shaughnessy, welcome. Hi, great to be here. Very great to have you. Um, why don't you uh, let us know uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, I am the founder and president of 314 Action, an organization that's dedicated to getting scientists to go beyond just advocacy and get involved in electoral politics, whether it's run for office themselves or support fellow scientists and STEM professionals that are stepping up to run for office. Awesome. And uh, you want to just give us a little background on how all that got started? Sure. Uh, My background is I'm a chemist by training. I worked in breast cancer research and drug discovery and then actually stepped out and ran a business for over a decade. And in 2013, 2014, I was increasingly concerned and frustrated with Congress. You know, we... um, Why? That's so weird. (laughs) I just don't get it. (laughs) Well, you know, as much as I, I love and believe in the promise and uh, deliveries of science, what what became obvious was that science can't solve every problem. When we have a Congress that is in uh, blatant denial of the very real <laughs> um, effects of climate change, you know, that's voted 50 times to take away health care uh, rather than fix or try to fix the problem. Um, what I realized was that sometimes solutions need a, um, a political or policy answer. And um, so I decided to step up and, and run for Congress. And um, nice. thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I um, I did not know what I was getting into, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which probably is what allowed me to do it. But what I learned was that there's a real lack of people with scientific backgrounds in elected office. And I think we Mm -hmm. see the, you know, the effects of that reflected in both the policy and the process. Uh, Yeah. Say that again. It feels like a complete understatement. Right, Uh, right. But yeah, and we're we're definitely going to dig into that for sure. Good news sounds like uh, because of folks like you and organizations like you, there's quite a wave of of those uh, similar-minded folks who have essentially said, well, fuck it. I'll run myself. Right. Um, so hopefully that works out and we'll, we'll dig into that more. So, uh, so how did that go for you? Well, I actually, um, ended up running twice being the uh, okay. stubborn Irish person I am. Uh, and, and so I did not make it through the democratic primary, but I, you know, I learned a lot about the process and how hard it is to break into politics when you don't come from a traditional, political background. I mean, right now there are more talk radio show hosts, although valuable, but there are more talk radio show hosts in Congress than there are chemists and physicists. And uh, so I founded this organization to help give scientists a peek behind the curtain as to what is actually involved and to continue to uh, unite and engage the scientific community to support these these candidates. God, that's so incredible and important now more than ever 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the the attacks on science didn't start with the Trump administration, but they've taken what felt like a war on science and turned it into an all out war on facts. And that should have everyone concerned. Yeah, yeah a little great. worried. It's not great. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, uh, let's get let's get this going. Um, we uh, we love asking questions here um, and specifically questions that uh, are going to uh, elicit some answers that uh, are action oriented answers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, we're going to um, set up a little context uh, for the conversation today, ask you a bunch of questions. So we start, try to fix the uh, problems uh, that are that are happening because the time is now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. And then we're going to say goodbye after that. Yep. <laughs> pretty, pretty neat. <laughs> Does that and then, sound good? And then all the problems are fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're good. Pretty sure that's how this works. Yep. Yep. That's what we're going for. So Shaughnessy, we do like to start uh, with one more question about you. And it, we do feel like it sets a tone in a number of ways. Yeah. Instead of saying, tell us your life story, uh, we like to ask Shaughnessy, why are you vital to the survival of the species? <laughs> Ah, uh, well, God help us if I am, but I, uh, you know, I, you I think are. <laughs> you are, you are, we all have a responsibility to step up and get involved. And, you know, I think one of the good things to come out of uh, the Trump election is that it has made a lot of people realize that they have a part to play in our democracy. And it's not just it's it's not okay to just leave it for other people to take care of because it's not right. taking care of itself. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I'm into it, man. Um, so let's uh, we're gonna establish a little context for today's question because uh, we know our listeners are 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 sitting stuck on the New York subway, which doesn't work anymore, or they're driving, or they're walking the dog, or something, and they might not have time to educate themselves on this topic as much as. Uh, we do. So we try to get everybody on the same page yeah. uh, and then we can really dig into it when everyone is uh, working from the same draft. So uh, I'll go over some things. Brian, I'll ask some questions. Shaughnessy, you can either correct us or you can just run away. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hopefully we we'll hold on. To you. Yeah, hopefully you stay there. So here's some facts. Actual, actual, actual facts. facts. Actual facts. Oh, not fake yep. facts. Okay, good. Yep. So there are 100 senators in the U.S. Congress. There are 435 members of the House of Representatives. There are currently two senators with PhDs out of 100. Whoa. One in human services and one in history. So, uh, so that's two of 100, neither science. based in uh, science. I mean, that needs to change. Yeah. Fun story. Yesterday. Last time there was a PhD in science in the Senate. Okay. 1983. Brian, were you alive? Yeah, I was born that year. Oh, great. So great. That's dating us. Uh, Republican Harrison Schmidt uh, in geology. He served one term. Wow. Do you know what uh, why else he was special, Brian? Uh, no, but I want you to tell me. Uh, he landed on the fucking moon. Yeah. He supposedly oh, really? took the blue marble photo of Earth. Right? Oh. He was also second to last person to walk on the moon. Uh, but that's but just because we suck. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, unfortunately... He thinks climate change is bullshit and uh, is a fan of Alex Jones. Oh, but the point is, no. 1983, last science PhD uh, in the Senate. So, of the current representatives, 435, yep. we got one PhD in math, one in physics, okay. and one in public health. Uh, of course, that guy voted against Obamacare, well, so sure. you know, sure. that piece of paper only means so much. Mm-hmm. Of all the state senators and wow. state rep- representatives across the entire country, uh, which is so, so many. Yeah. I just didn't even bother counting. There are three humans with degrees in chemical engineering, math, and physics. 
That's three. Uh, Sean, does it sound like I'm barking up the right tree here? Uh, it, it, it is. They are, they are grossly underrepresented. <laughs> that is yeah. wild. Uh, so this is all in an area where climate change and clean energy and disease outbreaks, yes, they threaten the planet and the species we just talk about, but also their, both their causes and their effects are much of the time hyper-local to regional. And we desperately right. need decision makers in those areas. And then, of course, on the federal level and international level, who can speak the language? So, Man. Uh, continuing, there's 20 doctors and retired doctors across Congress. <laughs> but, of course, okay. caveat, that includes Rand Paul, which is complete <laughs> bullshit. So, look, I'm a science and tech nerd. Uh, if that wasn't true, uh, we wouldn't have this little podcast. Right. We wouldn't know how to operate our microphones. Uh, I'm also a liberal arts graduate who firmly believes, you know, every tech company, any company needs to have at least two chief liberal arts major offices who can argue the ethics of every decision. So the <laughs> move fast and break things nerds don't keep breaking society. Yeah. And that applies to Congress too, right? STEM isn't everything. Neither is philosophy though, or peace and conflict studies. They need each other and quite desperately in some situations like uh, these. And to me, that's especially true in 2018 when we are uncovering and parsing huge amounts of data and theoretically uh, trying to use it to to make mm. uh, major decisions, right? Healthcare, the theor- theoretically, hopefully. We still don't know really what we're doing with a lot of that, right? They, uh, we talk about the black box and AI. We don't know why a lot of these things are making decisions when it comes to machine learning. Or we're not using it, utilizing it, right? Because the people in charge are unqualified or they're 85 and they don't have a fucking clue what any of the things I said uh, in the last 10 seconds even right. mean, right? So we need way more folks across the demographics, uh, across perspectives that understand uh, first principles that can grasp empirical data, that can find the signal and the noise and how to build policies founded on real evidence. Because again, just getting specific, the EPA and the Department of the Interior have been kidnapped essentially and it, it feels like we're watching, uh, what was the Nicolas Cage, uh, The Rock, right? Oh, it's uh, so good. It's been kidnapped and ransacked uh, just by these fucking morons with evil agendas who don't care about you or your children. So great news. Like Sean Connery. There is great news, though. Because of people like Shaughnessy, there is a shitload of scientists who doctors who have had enough and are running for office. So the question is, again, can scientists save Congress and save the world? Shaughnessy, <laughs> first question for you. How do you guys choose candidates to endorse? For Congress, uh, there's a number of factors. I mean, early in 2017, we looked at the map of our of our country and how districts voted um, in the 2016 presidential race. There were a number of congressmen, believe it or not, that went uncontested, even with pretty ridiculous views and stances on um, things that the climate that the scientific consensus is clear on, like climate, and so just because just because nobody wanted to run against them, nobody got their shit together to do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I can't say what the the reason was in 2016, but too often right. incumbents go unchallenged, 
And so there were districts that, you know, the Republican incumbent was reelected and Hillary Clinton won in the same district. Um, and so that was part of what, um, you know, goes into is, is the demographics of the districts, how it voted, where we think it's trending. Um, also what the incumbent looks like, you know, early in 2017, we put some incumbents on notice that we were going to be recruiting a strong candidate in their district to challenge them. And um, Lamar Smith, who is the chair, uh, Republican chair of the House Science and Technology oh, Committee. Oh, that fucking guy. Lamar, he's Texas 21, right? Texas 21. That's right. We just uh, we just we had just our conversation Copser, with your yeah. boy, uh, Copser. We we are very excited about Copser. Big I fan. Mean, Big fan. He is doing a tremendous job. And I think the fact that, that Smith decided to retire rather than face a credible challenger uh, speaks volumes as to what uh, Copser is bringing to to that that race and the discussion. For sure. Um, wow. And then we look at the at the at the candidates. You know, um, it's not good enough just to have a STEM background. You know, we want people that are independent thinking and rooted in facts and evidence and willing to base policy decisions on that. You know, and that that match their district. Uh, it's a big country, and mm-hmm. every district is different. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's it's easy to say we need people to understand climate science, right. but right. if you represent uh, Norfolk or New Orleans or Manhattan, you better be thinking about flooding and understand how the fuck sea level rise. Yeah. And you better be talking to the Dutch about what they do with sea level rise, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, versus uh, if you represent Mendocino County, you know, you better be thinking about fires. It, it is. It is important. We can't just say they need science stuff, but but people who get that and get their district, just like cops are, uh, you know, his his grasp of clean energy is so important in a state that is just barreling towards uh, huge, huge revenue from wind energy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, going back to what uh, you had uh, started off saying is that, you know, we do benefit by having diversity of experience and mm-hmm. You know, whether it's election security or automation or privacy or climate change, you know, who better to be tackling these issues than people trained in the in the sciences? Yeah. And it just seems like, yes, we need a thousand thousand different things. Right. (laughs) Uh, It's a little beggars can't be choosers. But to me, it's like we, we have to start with the lowest common denominator of just at least having people that agree who found their decisions on empirical data, whatever their specialization is. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. That's like, like that just seems so obvious. Like, how is that not? Ugh. Unfortunately, it's not. I mean, there yeah, are there no, are too really. many politicians that look to you know party platforms or uh, ideologues to you know for solutions rather than actually looking at the data and evidence. So. You know, this can be overwhelming, especially to just a, a regular, regular Joe voter like like me. What's this like specific focus most needed in Congress? If you could put one at the top, uh, to, you know, today, healthcare or clean energy, atmospheric science, chemistry. Is there something for sure on top that we're missing that we need to? Well, I, I mean, we only talked about our congressional candidates, but I, I do just want to note that we uh, endorse and support candidates from you know, school board and, and local municipal uh, offices through oh, the state awesome. legislature and federal. Um, and, and you know, I spent some time earlier this summer calling through some of our endorsed candidates um, for both the federal and state races. 
And the number one issue that I heard from and that they're hearing from folks when they're out campaigning is healthcare. It, it is uh, really a travesty of what the what the Trump administration and frankly this Congress is doing as far as chipping away at consumer protections that were provided to Americans under the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. And it's largely going under the radar until it becomes your problem when you can't get health insurance or or something covered. You know, that is an issue. I mean we've seen a lot of physicians step up uh, this year to run. Because of what the repeal of or the chipping away of the ACA would do to their patients. Um, And so I think that is a very valuable voice to have. You know, even some of the candidates that we have that aren't medical doctors have really made that a focus of their campaigns. And there are, I guess I would say, patches that we could be uh, putting into the Affordable Care Act that would reduce costs and increase access. And it's just um, the fact that there are so many ideologues in Congress that, that things like that aren't happening that would better healthcare for a lot of people. Boy, ideologues is such a kind way of putting it. You're much more gentle about this than we are. <laughs> Can we back up just for one second? Um, when you when you are saying that you're supporting candidates, what what does that mean exactly? Is it is it just fundraising or what else? Yeah, do you guys are you guys do? making tools or? Yeah, so um, we hold candidate trainings throughout the year. Our last one was in San Francisco, uh, where it's basically a two day boot camp for scientists and STEM professionals that are interested in running for office. Uh, obviously, the one we held last month was not for candidates for 2018. It's for people uh, looking at 2019 and beyond. Uh, but we go over everything from fundraising, communication strategies, putting together a campaign team, uh, just everything that would be involved in running for office and can be applied to any level of office. And then um, we give the most personal attention to the federal candidates just because we are uh, a small staff and, and that's what we can do at how yeah. big are you guys? Uh, we are eight. <laughs> oh, holy! Wait, whoa! Holy shit! Wow, wow, that's impressive. Yes, that is small. But we have an army of supporters. I, yeah. you know, we also help to fundraise for our candidates. Um, you know, one thing that that really jumped out to me is that we have over one hundred and thirty-five thousand contributors who've given twenty dollars or less. And I think that That's really awesome. speaks to the strength of our message and the fact that Americans are waking up and realizing that where the country is, is not where it needs to be. Yeah. And I, I really love, and I'd love to hear your perspective a little bit on some of these uh, other amazing organizations that I think are so, and I've said this before, and it's a little heretical, but I, I don't think any of these things and organizations and folks honestly would have stepped up uh, had Hillary won. But Everything from 314 to flippable to swing left to five calls to town hall project to run for something. We needed this to happen and it and it has seemingly been going really well. And I'm curious your perspective on all of these organizations and, and how they're helping push forward to November six. Oh, I think it's I think it's really uh important and great that so many people are are stepping up. You know, I, I was talking to an engineer at uh, Twitter a few weeks ago, and he said to me, I just need our government to go back to a level of competency so I can go back 
to not paying attention. And I said, you know, that's how we got here. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I don't think that guy's alone. I think there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people that are going to be fired up for life, which is awesome. But uh, of course, there's always going to be a segment. It's like, all right, fine. I will. I promise you, I will pay attention until November 6th. I will vote. I will bring one friend to vote. I will do the thing. I will donate. And then please just make it better because this is too much. And I get it. It is fucking overwhelming. It is relentless. It is terrifying. But like you said, man, that's how we got here, dude. You know? Yes. You know, one one thing that is encouraging as well is the is the young people that are are getting involved, whether, you know, it's over climate or gun Uh control issues. Um, And I think for them, this isn't going to be a uh, a one off voting. We know that if you start voting young, you're going to probably continue voting. And that's, um, you know, that's really encouraging to see them so civically minded and engaged at such a young age. We've had 17 and 18 year old guests on this podcast that are just blow my mind. Yeah. Without, with how impassioned they are. Yeah. I mean, teenagers are generally exasperated by their parents and older generations right. throughout the years. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like this is sort of the apex of that where they're just like, you guys ruined yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, please get out of the way and we will, we will <laughs> fix it. Let me ask you this. So aside from their like scientific qualifications, right? Or medical, whatever. What makes these, what else makes these folks good candidates? Because I, I imagine, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, you're not just uh, out there endorsing everybody who, who's got a degree. Right. Because uh, just because you got a degree, cough, Rand Paul, doesn't mean <laughs> you'll help lead us in the right direction. So... Talk to me about how you, I guess, filter to make these sure these are well-rounded humans. Sure. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I, I, I do very much believe that we benefit by having diversity of experience. And, you know, I mean, just looking back to the Facebook hearings that happened in, in the House and Senate a few months ago, it was a national embarrassment. I mean, God, they were so I mean, they were embarrassing, creepy, ugh, the whole thing. And it's a significant part of our economy. And the fact that so many of our legislators don't even understand the basic business model, never mind the technology or the implications, is pretty terrifying. Part of what we want to do is bring technologists in, bring physicists and physicians and and climatologists and, and nurses and geologists. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, we, we've seen a number of math and science teachers elected to state legislatures in the last year and a half. Um, so I, I do think that that uh, brings a different perspective, certainly one more grounded in facts and evidence, um, as well as a d- different set of priorities. I mean, first and foremost, scientists are problem solvers. And <laughs> I don't think it requires much of a case to say we could use more problem solvers in Congress. <laughs> People who can literally just, I mean, and you learn this in seventh grade, who can say what the scientific method is. Right. <laughs> and use it. <laughs> right. I don't care if it's even your profession, just that you remember what it is or you remember how to look it up, you know, and think like, I don't know, maybe this is a good idea. Yeah, maybe we should try this. I remember reading uh, years ago that part of what contributed to harsh drug sentences were that, you know, legislators that were 
deciding the policy didn't understand the difference between a gram and a kilogram. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, great, great. And that, that's the kind of thing that makes you go like, oh, we just got, we got to blow the whole thing up. Right, right. Well, like and, that, and that, I guess I, I would say that is the, that is, you know, also part of it. I mean, these are largely political outsiders and they bring a different approach to, to governing again, a less ideological, uh, but you know, one that is going to look clear eyed at what the problems are and, and find ways to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I've got um, one of my best friends is uh, is is uh, is working to literally save healthcare on the ground level and sort of the analytics front. And his job is uh, he has been basically tasked with he works in a not rural, but ruralish area uh, in actually a great research hospital. And his his job is to basically make people stop coming to the emergency room so much. You know, in that specific area, there's a lot of things uh, that are transferable across our regions in America, uh, like obesity and, and diabetes and such. But in his particular area, it's a lot of uh, these people just don't take their medicine. They don't exercise. They mm. smoke, et cetera, et cetera. So you can send them out of the emergency room every time they have uh, pain in their chest but they're not going to follow the directions that you tell them to do with the medicine or to do checkup mm. care, or they don't have health care because we broke that. But if you can make them not come to the emergency room every time they don't feel well, A, it frees up the emergency room to deal with re- real emergencies. emergencies. Two, it costs our system so much less money because it's not as reactive. And three, those huh. people are just healthier because they're getting checkups and scans and getting their blood pressure taken and things like that. And just having uh, someone like him he he will n- never run for office, but having someone like him in there to say like, look, this is how it works. Or even further, you know, you said a word earlier, which would be incredible, like a nurse having an emergency room nurse say, I'm going to stop helping people with my hands and I will run for office. And let me tell you what that's like and why it's broken and why our emergent, why you have to wait three hours for the emergency room and why the bills cost so much. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, would be so instrumental and in, and just in, in indicative of a surge of intelligence and context that could change the whole direction of the house. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. Compassion. I mean, you know, yes. for, for healthcare providers, uh, access to healthcare isn't, again, isn't a, a political issue. It's, it's a real life or death issue. And I think too many politicians on the other side have forgotten that, you know, just on that note of nurses, we have a slew of nurses running this year. We have one running for Congress, Lauren Underwood in Illinois, who is a tremendous Ew. candidate. Uh, and I know we have two right here in Pennsylvania running for the state house and state Senate, uh, which uh, are are in very winnable districts, uh, which would be amazing. Amazing. Could get them uh, elected. She's from, Lauren Underwood's from Naperville. That's like two towns over from mine. Yeah? That's where I grew up. Do you know her? I don't, no, I'm not sure if I know her, but we were, but we were neighbors at one point. That's what I'm saying. Ish. Okay. Are you one of, Brian, are you one of those people that says like, I'm from Chicago, but you're not really from like Chicago. You're from a nearby area. So what? So let me get this straight. What you what you want me to say when somebody asks me where I'm from is name the tiny town that I'm from, twenty miles outside of Chicago that they've never heard of. I'm just saying that's a little more specific and accurate. That is that is stupid. I'm from Chicago. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, sorry about that, Chauncey. So <laughs> we get distracted. <laughs> let me ask you this. So one of the 
failings of the Obama era from from President Obama, who who I love with all of my heart. Uh, Can he come back? Did we, did we <laughs> he's not coming back. Got it. Okay. We saw we all saw the Beyonce dancing video. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. not coming back okay. for us. From from him on down through through the DNC is that we just totally failed on the state level, right? From 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 judges to filling state houses. So I love that you guys are focused not just on the federal, not just on the Senate, but also the House and also state races down to school boards. That's amazing. And it's something we failed to do for literally 10 years. So, and that is going to have such an effect. Maybe 40 years. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm, tra- I'm trying to be the gentle one here, you know, for once. It's, it's not great. Uh, right. It's, it's, if you look at the numbers, I mean, from governorships on down, it is, it's so bad. And that's why you see shit like what's going on in West Virginia and North Carolina. And you're just like, what? It's insane. So let's say I argue that state races are even more important than federal runs, right? Earth systems are all, or our weather and climate systems are all connected, but the effects and the best way to fight back and see progress seem to be city and statewide. I don't know. You don't have to agree or disagree, <laughs> but I would love to talk about that a little bit. I what? think that's true because of the makeup of Congress. I mean, Congress could be doing actionable things to mitigate the effects of climate change, but they choose not to. So I think we are going to see the greatest results coming out of cities and states. And, you know, the reality is it's a big country, but most of the people live in a few a few states. Um, and so, you know, and those are states that are most likely are, are producing the most amount of carbon, but also are the most likely to, to act on reducing it. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it feels like it's even more. Yes. Do we need like a federal carbon fee? For sure. Right. The, that is necessary. But to me, obviously, in the moment, Trump's not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. So he's going to veto whatever happens. And you see things like this new mayor's alliance and the we are yes. still in alliance. Hyperlocal is so vital. You know, getting your city council, like you said, your school board to your city council to state legislatures on state senates uh, pointed in the right direction is so important because they can have a big effect. You know, they can join this. They can uh, go to the climate summit in San Francisco and, and things like that and say, we are still in and we are still taking uh, these measures. Uh, that that to me is why, you know, at least right now, it's like, boy, we, we really got to focus on that. And it feels like that's been, oh, I mean, it's always been a, a failure of American politics is nobody turns out for the midterms, not even just Democrats. But uh, it, it seems to be so important. But also it's where you can see the most uh, bang for your buck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing is congressional races now are millions and millions of dollars, whereas a, a school board race, I mean, a couple thousand dollars could make a difference depending on the states. I mean, again, it's a huge country and, and um, state legislatures vary pretty dramatically depending on how the, the states are, are set up. But uh, you can make a, a very big difference by just paying attention and, and mobilizing people. And I, I just have to make a plug for the Philadelphia suburbs where I am speaking to you from. We not only are going to pick up a number of congressional seats in the Philadelphia suburbs this year, but we have an opportunity to really change the makeup of the folks we're sending to Harrisburg you know, in both the state house and, and state Senate, a lot of the moderate Republicans that, um, you know, represented this area in Harrisburg 
retired this year. These are open seats in mm-hmm. districts that Clinton may have won by as much as seven points. Uh, so for your listeners, if they are looking to help, you know, in a, in, in a big way, look to the Philadelphia suburbs. Yeah, that, 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 that works. I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's like, hey, were you shocked when Pennsylvania didn't go our way in, in 2016? Here's a direct place you can have an right, impact. Right. You know, let's build it from, from the ground back up. Yeah, I, I mean, you think there are towns where there's a town in Virginia, uh, you know, where 95% of their emissions are coming from a canning factory. And yes, that canning factory brings jobs and has historically uh, brought a lot to the economy in that area. Um, but you have to look at where the trade-off is and you got to ask your city council those big questions of where, what is the trade-off now in 2018 and going forward. And holy shit, if we got rid of that canning factory and found some way to help out those workers, you're saying we could wipe out 95% of our emissions and literally just make the air cleaner where we are? like Where we live, where we breathe? Yeah, that, 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 like what a huge impact you can make. You know, while we're waiting on fucking Congress to get it together. Like you can start to fix things right there. You know, don't be afraid to ask those hard questions. Yeah, exactly. All right. I have a question. Mostly, okay. mostly from 80s action movies. Um, where, like, how can this go bad? Where, where can scientists uh, lead us wrong? Well, I mean, science isn't, isn't perfect and scientists certainly aren't perfect, but you know, I, I don't see a downside to having civic, minded scientists engaged in electoral politics. You know, I think their their motivations come through, you know, in, in when they when I speak to them. I mean, there's a clarity of vision. There's an ability to articulate why they're running and what they want to accomplish, even for a township supervisor role. And I think that that's often missing from uh, career politicians that are just seeing it as a stepping stone. You know, we, we do benefit by bringing in outsiders. And I think that was part of the uh, conclusion, you know, I drew from 2016 of how Trump won was people are sick of the system. But I thought, wait, I thought he drained the swamp. <laughs> he has definitively still not drain the swamp. Got it. Okay. But um but I would I would argue that scientists represent outsiders in a much more productive and uh benevolent way. Uh yeah, I, I to me I guess I can see where you mean like you're talking about like science 80s action like the scientist who starts to work for the bad guys and Yeah, like an evil genius. Got it. You know. Right. Got it. So just make sure, I guess, just make sure you're not endorsing any evil right. geniuses. Sean, but by the okay? way, like uh, the other side of that, and again, I hate to keep coming back to it, but it's true. It's like someone like Rand Paul, who's like, yeah, I'm a, right. uh, I'm a, do- I'm a doctor. Yeah. So you should listen to me on medical stuff. And that can influence voters in one particular direction who might not take the time or the effort to look up and be like, is he right? Right. Is he? But uh, I, I, he is, he has shown that he, his loyalty is to, his career and not to his constituents or the truth. But sure. But my argument would would be every vote matters. I mean, you look at what happened in Virginia, right? Uh, It came down to one, the, their house of delegates came down to, and I care about this. I'm from Virginia. One vote in literally one vote in one district swung that gave them even seats. And now 400,000 people have, 
have healthcare that didn't have it last year, right? And to me, there's still somebody out there who is voting or has an opinion and is influencing people on, like you said, the chipping away to Obamacare because they're like, well, Rand Paul's a doctor and he he uh, he's in my district and he um, obviously knows what to do. Right. About he knows the right thing to do. And to me, it's like, you got to get those fucking quacks out and we got to make sure there's, there's vetting. And so, you know, I, I think it's 2018 people get, like you said, uh, I think he could get away with that for a little bit longer uh, now. And it's very clear that's not true. And I think vetting is much easier now. I mean, you can't do anything these days without uh, the social oh yeah calamity coming upon <laughs> you and exposing your bullshit, which is good and bad. So here's a question. Um, I look at someone like Copser, right? Where might a scientifically inclined entrepreneur be a better fit than an academic? Well, I think it's really hard to to go from academia to running for Congress. It's not impossible. And I think for law professors, there's generally more of a path there. But again, I think there's generally more of a path for lawyers in general. Not every uh, we have over 500,000 electorate elected positions in this country. Um, And not all of them require you quitting your job or putting your career on hold. Uh, Things like school board and, you know, city council, township supervisor races, uh, even some state legislative positions are are part-time. So I think that is an easier fit for academics that uh, can't afford and don't really want to give up their careers, but still want to serve their communities. Where, you know, I mean, running for Congress is a full time job. You can't you can't do that and uh, continue to teach and research and and run for office. Right. Which is too bad because Congress is never intended to be a full time job. But, uh, you know, things are obviously changing and the degree with which you do have to educate yourself on the topics that are ever changing and growing more complex uh, requires that. But uh, I guess then the. The antidote is um, people who are educated and and are proud to base their decision making on their education, on their ability. Maybe they don't comprehend an issue, but they're they're eager to take it on to understand it for themselves and for their constituents. Right. That is exactly it. Is they're not afraid to to tackle topics and issues that they maybe previously weren't familiar with, but are important to their constituents. This is a ridiculous comparison, but it's a little bit, (laughs) no, it's just, it's a little bit how I see this podcast, which is we try to stand in for, for these folks that don't have time to, that are excited and actionable and fired up, but don't have time to educate themselves on every one of these things. Uh, So we try to learn as much, well, I guess I try to learn as much as I can. And then Brian asks questions, Uh, (laughs) but to die, to live learning. Live learning. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It's like watching Animal Planet. We try to give context, ask questions, and then dial it down to specifics so you can, at the end of it, go like, got it. I got that thing. I know how to act. I can do these things, yeah. And you hope that's what your representative is doing in Congress, which is, should they actually have a fucking town hall, come back and be able to answer your questions and point you in the right direction and why that's important for America and also for your specific district. But of course... We've discovered a lot of folks aren't having town halls, uh, which is great. Um, So you should either call them on it or if they have one, you should go. Town hall project. Very important. Let me ask you a question here. And we're we're pivoting a little more towards action, narrowing our focus here towards what folks can do. And and this has been awesome and very instructive so far. So thank you, Shaughnessy. Do you know what the great filter is? How do you love the great filter? I love the great filter. Do you know what this is, Shaughnessy, this theory? Very familiar. Okay. 
Get ready for it. Get into it. So the idea is, so do you know what the Fermi paradox is? I'll just dig in. It's all good. Um, You're such a nerd. I love it. So scientist Fermi one day, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, sitting with his friends at the lunch table and says, hey guys, question, where are all the other intelligent species? (laughs) Uh, And they're like, oh, well, there's all these planets, yada, yada. And he goes, that's great, but why haven't we seen them yet if the universe is X old? And so the question is, is, why, why isn't anybody out there? And so, and why haven't we seen them or heard from them, right? And some of the answers are like, oh, our species is pretty young. Our, you know, Earth has only been around six and a half billion years. Humans are 300,000. We could only work a fucking radio for the last 40, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But the bigger question is, is the great filter, which is, uh, does a, maybe part of the reason we haven't heard from them is because there is a theoretical filter where a civilization gets to a certain point and they get snuffed out. And either that's they don't make this jump from single to multicellular cellular beings like humans did, or they can't handle nuclear technology, mm-hmm. see also human beings mm-hmm. potentially, or climate change, or a pandemic, whatever. Asteroid. The point is, these civilizations don't make it past a certain threshold to, to be able to, to develop interstellar travel, right? Um, and of course, the question for humanity is, is uh, have we passed our great filter, right. which could be... The, uh, on the cellular level or was getting past uh, the cold war it or are we barreling towards ours with climate change and the antibiotics and things like that anyways let's say november 6 2018 is like our great <laughs> filter the thing we might uh, escape the shit show and then we can keep flourishing and become robots or maybe not i just want to be a robot um let's say i've got a gr- degree or i'm working on a degree uh or i'm even science minded too late for 2018 how should I best apply myself looking towards 2020? Well, one is you better be registered to vote. You know, and yeah. a lot of states have restrictive voting registration deadlines. So don't wait. Um, a lot of them are 30 days out or even more. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one. Two, educate yourself on who's running. There are, of course, the congressional midterms, but we also have a lot of state legislative races. Those are important and you need to vote in them. And then, you know, looking ahead, we'll be holding our next candidate training um, in Philadelphia this time uh, in uh, early, early next year. And that's open to anybody with a, a STEM background who is Thinking about running for office, wants to know more. You know, it's you, you don't have to have declared a race to participate in that. You know, one of the things that I really try to emphasize is that even the most anti-science politicians know how to count. And they count well. <laughs> <laughs> they count the calls that come into their office. So make your voice heard. When your representative is doing right. something you don't like. Let them know when they're doing something that you do like. Let them know. It makes a difference. And a lot of people uh, don't appreciate the difference that, that it can make. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the uh, um, I, I've advised uh, fivecalls.org a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. one of their big pushes is like, look, and it's right built in the app. You literally click 
Uh, you make the phone call. They give you the script. They plug in. It's like Mad Libs. They plug in everything you need. You just mash your fat finger against the button to make the phone call. And then you say, I talked to them. I right. left a message or they didn't pick up because they have to count every one of these things. And they do. Even the evil people. You're right. And we've seen it make a difference on shit like healthcare. It, right? it makes a difference. It absolutely yeah. makes a difference. And if you're nervous, do in the middle of the night. Leave a message. They right, still have right. to count it. You don't even have to talk to another human. Right. It's it's super duper easy. Do it when you're shit canned. I wonder Nobody if cares. people know that. I we've said it so many I'm times. Sure we, we need have. to be better. About it. We, but over the next few months, it's important. I mean, obviously, that's not really the voting thing right now. That's for people who are in office. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, that's when big. But there's always something going on. They're, should they actually do their jobs? I guess they've been on recess a little bit now. Yeah. So I guess actually we're looking at two questions. Let's do 2018 first. What are what are the ways our listeners can can take to arms to help get these folks uh, that you're endorsing into office? Give us some specific steps here. Sure. Well, go to our website, 314action.org and mm-hmm. sign up. Uh, we'll keep you informed on how their races are going and uh, what local or federal candidates that we are endorsing and asking them to support. The Koch brothers and and um, the fossil fuel industry are going to invest heavily in these midterm elections and yeah. every dollar on our side counts and needs to, to go towards helping, uh, people who are going to put a pro-science agenda, bring a pro-science agenda with them. And, um, so that, that is important. Those $5 requests for, for funds, uh, do make a difference. And so get involved that way. Volunteer. You can make phone calls, you can knock on doors, you can, you know, send, they have text messaging banking now. Uh, everyone is needed in this, in this effort because the other side is probably going to have more money, but the, the votes are, and the people are on our side. Is the, is the volunteering, uh, is that the people that can sign up to volunteer, is that through the web, your website as well? Yep. You can sign up to okay. volunteer. You can see more about our candidates, see about our trainings and upcoming events you know, and how to get involved. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right, everybody, 314action.org, go there, put a scientist or someone who is scientifically inclined or medically inclined into office at a number of different levels. Your school district might be there, but let's make a difference. Let's, let's put a nurse into, into Congress and just watch, watch, watch what happens, you know, watch what a fundamental shift that could be. All right. So I have uh, two questions. You, you had mentioned before your next training in uh, in Pennsylvania early next year. You said that anybody can come for, with us. For, 20, for 2019, 2020? Or, yeah, yeah, for 2019, 2020. What, you said anybody with a STEM background can can come. What does that mean exactly? Like, do they need a degree? Yeah, I mean, you know, our organization is focused on people with science, technology, engineering, and math backgrounds. Usually that's somebody with a degree in one of those fields. Okay, okay. Excellent. So helpful so to have to so be not me then. Right. All right. <laughs> Sorry, pal. So it's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> you could get a degree in the meantime. That is true. I could. Right. I've got a year and a half. Right. <laughs> okay. And, and then, and then, so what, what else can I, what else can I be doing? Well, well, no, we've narrowed it down to not being you. Well, not You're me. saying theoretically I'm, I. I'm saying I as in the, the formal, the, <laughs> the, the, the we I. <laughs> sure. But really, yeah. What, you know, what, what can we, uh, uh, uh those with, uh, STEM, uh, degrees, uh, and backgrounds, uh, you know, be doing to to prepare uh to run besides you know coming to to your training but you know let's just think like rocky style like what 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 do i do wait a minute she said the training is in philadelphia yeah that's perfect so run up the steps get your science degree this is amazing so but seriously 
whether to, whether November sixth is a shit show or not, uh, we're still going to need even more folks. So, what else can these people be actively doing to put themselves in the best position? Well, um, it, it's getting involved now. Get involved with you know your local indivisible group or uh, party or local officials. Um, indivisible, there. That's another great group that's out there. Yeah, they're doing amazing work, and this is a unique opportunity to get people's attention who haven't necessarily paid attention to politics before. And so take advantage of it and and work to engage your local community and make sure that your representatives are are hearing what you have to say about issues. And uh, yeah, man, get in touch with us if uh, if you're thinking about it. We, w- we would love to hear from you and we can help connect you to some of these folks. Uh, if you're too shy to click on the websites yourself, um, we need you. That should be more evidence than ever. And by the way, it's, you know, you look at some of these countries that have either mandatory civic or mandatory military service. There, there's post-college or, or before college. There's, there, there is something to that. Um, there's a lot of arguments rational folks can make either way for them. But hey, man, let's say you're getting a degree uh, and you're like, yeah, you know what? I will go serve my country in a civic duty for the next two to four years, serve my state house, and then I'll go and and be an academic or or be an entrepreneur or something. Fuck it. Why not? You know, make make your impact and then get out there and you can take that experience somewhere else. So if you're a young kid, uh, preferably if you're a female or person of color yeah. uh, who's who's working on your degree or under either undergraduate or, or graduate, you know, go make it count in that way, too, for a couple of years. And, and don't you think I mean, the, the whole the whole system would work better if people took that attitude that they're going to serve for. Uh, X number of terms and then go back and live under the laws right. that they helped create. Uh, that's that's the way the system was supposed to work. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, it does sound wonderful, doesn't it? Don't get your fucking hopes up right now. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I know. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we just have a few more questions and stuff for you, but this has been so fantastic. Thank you so much, Shaughnessy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your thank time. You. Anybody else that you that you uh, think we should talk to? Anybody else who, uh, like we we like to say, who's kicking ass on the ground like you are yeah again uh we've talked to a couple more a couple of your candidates we've got yeah. a couple more lined up which is awesome i'd love to get even more from you we're pretty excited to be featuring all these folks running up to the election um but also again you know these existential ish uh topics whether it's antibiotics or cancer or crispr or space or climate or clean energy or the ocean we like to attack them from different perspectives so people really get a comprehensive understanding of them and how they can support them or defeat them. So anybody out there that's doing awesome, awesome work uh, that you think would be a fascinating chat would be awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, of course, I I want to put a plug in for our candidates. Uh, Kim Schreier, who's a pediatrician, just won her primary in Washington 8. Uh, this is an open seat in a very swingy district. And she not that swingy, Brian. Oh, not sorry. Thank you. Sorry. She's a, an incredible candidate, and uh, you know, I mean, right now there are no female physicians in Congress, so I think she would bring a, a really a much needed perspective. That's again like the understatement of the century, right? Uh, God, awesome. All right, we will add. Uh, we will add her to listen. Harass you for her info. Um, I'm pumped about Underwood too. Underwood, gotta love some, gotta love the uh, represent the Illinois. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. There's a oh, number of right. candidates for the Arizona legislature, 
And, um, and then, you know, not a candidate, but uh, certainly a very interesting interview is, is Dr. Michael Mann. He's also, he's out of Penn State, uh, he's yeah. a climate scientist who was motivated to get involved because uh, he literally was put under attack by politicians and his work because he was doing work on climate change and uh, just has a very interesting story to tell. Yeah, you know, it's funny. He co-wrote a children's book yeah. uh, called, uh, an illustrated children's book called The Tantrum That uh, Saved the World, the world um, with a lovely uh, Aussie named Megan Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually had her on the podcast uh, a couple months ago, and she's awesome, and the book is fantastic. So we've we've slowly we've, we've started to encroach on his personal <laughs> space, is what I'm trying to say. We'll we'll get him in the real life yeah, for that's, sure. That's a good one. All right, so uh, uh, we have a uh, bit of a lightning round for you. Just a few questions, um, if you're ready for it. We need to get a bell. I know. I always want a ding or a lightning bolt sound. Sh- sure, but ah. a bell's more. At least we could put it on the desk. I like lightning. Okay, um. uh, Shaughnessy. <laughs> when was the first time in your life when you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? I was a big sister, so I <laughs> used to do lots of experiments on my brother. <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've always taken the approach that, you know, not to accept the status quo. And when I see a problem, I try to fix it. And that's why I ran for Congress, and it's why I, I founded 314 Action. So, um, I, I think that we need to realize that we all can make a contribution and it's not going to be in the same way for everybody, but, but it does require paying attention and participating. Awesome. I love that. Who is someone in your life that has positively impacted your work in the past six months? And usual disclaimer, you cannot say Brian. <laughs> I, um, I mean. So who's, your, who's the second person? The, the staff at 314 Action has been amazing. We are a very small staff, but very dedicated. And, you know, many of them came from, you know, my very first campaign. Uh, so they uh, really showed a lot of dedication. And we've worked together for five years now. And I just, they inspire me and, and help us get, you know, get what we've been able to accomplish done. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. I'm sure you've had plenty of candidates lose their primaries. They're out of the race. People you're back, you're excited about. Uh, Generally, day-to-day news is, I I mean, nightmare feels like just the usual word that people use, but we can get more descriptive with it. What do you, Shaughnessy, what do you do when you feel just fucking overwhelmed by all of it? What do you do specifically? I am not one to get discouraged. I keep my focus on what the goal is Mm -hmm. and, you know, things don't always go my way, but, uh, I know what the goal is and what I have to do to get there. And I, I I think that that, you know, that helps you in politics and helps in life is, is knowing what your goal is and not being discouraged or distracted by the noise. That's impressive. I mean, we have people who say I eat ice cream. I go for a walk. I take a nap. You know, I hide under the covers. Um, <laughs> that still works. Yep, but that's that's impressive. Wow. You are you are better than I certainly. I, I think uh, it goes back to that you know dumb stubborn I- Irishman thing. <laughs> no, it's, look, I'm I'm as Irish as it gets. I get it. There's there's a lot of pros and cons to being Irish. 
both sides involve drinking, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, Shaughnessy, how do you consume the news? Well, I'm a little bit of an NPR geek. I read, I talk to folks, which is always interesting too, because That's weird. <laughs> even, you know, as much as you can't, you, you know, you can't possibly know what is going on in, you know, a little town in Iowa, if you, you don't know somebody there. So yeah, and, and I do listen, I listen to podcasts. So I try to not just, especially with editorials, not just read people who are going to just be telling me what I want to hear. But I often read things that really annoy me because I think it's important to challenge yourself to, to think differently and at least try to understand where the other side is coming from. Of course, of course. Excellent. Um, um, okay. That's very rational. The, this is my favorite question. If you could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump, what would it be? <laughs> well, he already has the Constitution and the Bible, right? So we don't have to worry about that. Does he? <laughs> Who knows? Because literally, one of our guests said, "I think it has to be the Constitution." Yeah, we've gotten Constitution and the Green Bible. So, right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure that's already been sent to him at this point. And yes, by the way, to be clear, to explain this, yeah, uh, we have uh, an Amazon list. Um, you can find our website. Uh, it's a wish list, and folks can go there and actively do go there, and you can click on the book, and it goes right to the White House, uh, Amazon Prime. So. Uh, Maybe a biography of, of Teddy Roosevelt. You know, I oh, mean, there's some good ones. That there, there are some great ones. And, you know, I think, especially in the time we're living, he is a real example of what we could use from, from more politicians as far as courage to take on the big banks and, and thinking about environmental policy and <laughs> land preservation. I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah, uh, the rise of of Theodore Roosevelt is one of my favorite all time books. It's it's pretty amazing. So we we can pick another one, or I can throw that one on there. It's part of a a collection by um, Edmund Morris, I believe. But it's amazing. It's like from boyhood to oh, well. facing up the first politicians in Albany and and how he grew into who he was. And it's just incredible. You're like, oh, he was a crazy person. That's right. <laughs> but in the best way, as opposed right. to current crazy person. Yeah. Oh, the current crazy is very bad. Not helpful. Not helpful. Awesome. Shaughnessy, this has been so great. Um, where can our listeners follow you on the internet? Uh, well, I am on Facebook at Shaughnessy Naughton, and my Twitter handle is still Vote Shaughnessy. Awesome. Staying optimistic. That's what we like. <laughs> you know, my unfortunately, my name doesn't fit on a Twitter handle. So ours well, uh, neither. It's we're super very fun. familiar with this problem um awesome uh and and what about for 314 314 action uh we're on facebook twitter sure we're on uh some other outlets uh but at there's three, so many now. Three, we will find you. yeah 314 action um is our handle and just i realize we i don't think we ever did this could you just take 30 seconds and tell everybody why it's 314 well, 314. I mean, the, the true nerds are like, we get it. We know. You don't have to tell us. Got but it. for everybody else. For Brian. 314 is the, are, are the first three digits of pi, which is a constant used throughout the sciences. Uh, so we thought that was a good nod to our support of folks from the various STEM fields. 
Uh, it also happens to be an irrational number, which I think also fits well into our mission and what we're trying to do. <sighs> yeah, uh, I think that sums it up pretty damn That's well. Awesome. Shaughnessy, this has been awesome. Thank you for for doing what you do and empowering these folks and helping them get out of the the STEM closet to come and do something, do something else. They're already doing things, of course, right. but for the for oh, damn it, they're already doing things for the greater good. You get what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> the point is, run for office. Thank you. Hopefully, it's going to make an impact, and we won't be fifty percent scientists on uh, on November seventh. But uh, hopefully, it's a hell of a lot more than it yeah, is. Yeah, I feel like we're get, we're we're on the right path. It's just going to take a minute. And now you're optimistic like her, too. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I'm glad you got something out of this. Um, Shaughnessy, <laughs> thank you. Keep kicking ass. Thank you ass. very much. Uh, we're going to harass you for, for some more of your uh, folks uh, so we can keep this uh, series uh, going. Make an impact. Let's do it. Great. Thanks, Quinn. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. It's great talking we'll to talk you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank All you. Right, take care. Thanks to our incredible guest today, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks.